FanDuel has made it so you can no longer bet the under on uh, Ben Simmons's points per game anymore. Because <laughs> too many people just were consistently like, because like they would give him a point line of like 12 and then he would get four and everyone who bet the under would win, you know, a shit ton of money. And so they just, that's no longer a thing you can bet on on FanDuel anymore. Oh, I wish I was more into mindless sports gambling because I would totally like go, uh, like there's certain people who clearly are always overrated or underrated when it comes sports to sports. Sports betting isn't as fun for me as like, like card games or dice or stuff like that. But everyone's NFL's weird right now. Tom Brady really sucks now. It's crazy time. Geno Smith era. Yeah, baby. WVU great Geno Smith. Oh, I forgot he went there. Yeah. Okay, wait. Here's a quick pitch. Um, you know how like West is a last name? Like, yeah, sure. is there anyone whose name is Virginia West? Oh, probably. There should be. If yeah. not, like missed opportunity. Yeah. That's I'm I am sure that there is some named Virginia West. Do you think it was more common prior to the civil? Civil War and then after because West Virginia didn't exist and then mm-hmm. afterwards people were like well you can't you can't be named so on that yeah I would say it's probably the uh, uh, Ethel of uh, civil <laughs> of uh, the 1800s where if you have the name Virginia West past like 1870 people like know that you are over the age of 40 40 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, just, you know like there's certain like names people have where it's like oh yeah if your name is Ethel or um, dude Gretel. how many 40 year old ethels do you know no that's why i said in the in 1870 i mean like oh. now they'd be like 80 or 90 okay <laughs> so like back in like 1920 virginia west was the ethel of what uh ethel is right now okay <laughs> <laughs> should we start <laughs> You don't get to bring friends. I'm not my friends. Friends. Where are my friends? Welcome to We're Not Here to Watch Friends, the podcast about the friends from friends by two friends, Daniel and Brandon. I'm you, Daniel. You turned a light on and it like came up under your chin like you were like turning on a flashlight at a campfire. <laughs> I don't know what it was. There's just like, a, I'm Brandon. Uh, but <laughs> that's why I started laughing during the intro. <laughs> um, I didn't turn a light on. I was, for some reason in my head, I thought I wrote on my mirror sheet. I Like I did not do this, but like I was like, let me go to my mirror sheet wrote notes so I can read the intro for the episode. I was like, I didn't write it down on there. Why would I? <laughs> so that's why the light flashed up on my screen. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm also bringing up my notes now. A thing that I maybe should have done earlier. Uh, you gotta do. Only two things I use my notes app for are for notes for the podcast and for apologies on Twitter. <laughs> Is that? Do you actually not really use your notes app? No, I use it for literally everything. That was just yeah. I was gonna say I have like I have things in here that are just like like absolutely unrelated, like just like the dumbest shit ever. Like I have addresses from places I haven't lived in in years still saved in here. I have a I have a note that's a in from October seventeenth, twenty nineteen that says "Call Austin Spicy Watermelon." What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
when my niece was born, I saved a note with the spelling of her name so I wouldn't mess it up, and that's still in there. That's yeah. funny. Um, I I do love a good note where you have no idea what it is. Like, I definitely like will occasionally like write down like a phone number or like a random set of numbers in the note. I'm just like, what the fuck was that? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, like a two factor code or something, and then it's just yes. like, well, don't fucking know what that's gonna what that is, but I'm just gonna save it for. And then because your phone will transfer all this, it's like, yeah, I have notes from three phones ago yeah i have like notes from like 2013 because um, i i mean i have a uh android so i have i have like google keep notes so like i've been yeah. using google keep for like years so i have notes from like high school senior year or something on my phone where That's it's like crazy. remember to do spanish five test or something <laughs> okay. oh shit oh no i forgot <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna set a reminder actually i'm gonna set a reminder on my phone to remind me of something in like nine years and then in nine years from now when i get that reminder be like oh my god why the fuck did i do this like i i a lot of times when i watch like like a old movie that i really like i'll look up when it like like i was like hey when when was this in theaters and then if it's near a five or ten uh like multiple of five or multiple of ten anniversary i will save it in my phone like so it'll be like oh three months from now it'll be you know the 30 year anniversary of the uh the day last as it exit to springfield aired um and then like like i'm gonna do it and so then my phone goes off on the day and i'm like huh what am i gonna like and i do it consistently and every single time i'm like what am i gonna do with this information why do i like do this for myself yeah march 11th 1993 that's when uh that's uh when last as exit to springfield aired i just watched it earlier and then i saved it in my phone so that i would remember the 30th anniversary and i'm like what why to what end it's a saturday so i'll probably rewatch it that day but like again why why do i do this i mean it's 311 that's pretty easy to remember yeah and 1993 that's a year that 311 released down so yeah and i've long said a thing that you know about me is i'm always talking about how amber is the color of your energy whoa i feel like 311 should release every single song on march 11 like they released like the the it's kind of fucked up because like they recorded uh the song amber in february 2002 but like they didn't release it then i'm assuming or like i mean they didn't release it like a month later they probably released it like in the summer yeah just fucked up probably also by the way i was completely off on when down came out it came out in 1996 <laughs> my 311 card i almost yeah. went with one of our mutual friends to a 311 concert in baltimore a year ago you can kind of guess by that who the mutual friend is and yeah. um like we like the day that the concert was happening there was like it was at like one of the pavilions like outdoors by the water like by the harbor and there was a like hurricane that was supposed to hit baltimore that day so we were like okay well clearly we're not gonna go to this and like the entire time like I kept like kind of just looking at the Twitter to see if they'd ever cancel a concert, and people kept like being like, "Please cancel this concert. It's I don't want to see 311 during a hurricane. Please." And it was, they never canceled it. I think it happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't think anyone, nothing bad happened. I guess, but I feel like that would be very miserable. Absolutely fucked vibes to go to a 311 concert during a hurricane. Like just like real like <laughs> almost like beachy music, but then it's like a storm. It, it would be awful. Yeah, it would be a real beautiful disaster. Nice. I'm assuming that's a 311 song. I only know Amber. <laughs> you only know Amber? You came in at like 2002 on 311. You didn't know Down or All Mixed Up. I I want to be very clear. I think they suck ass. <laughs> <laughs> I do not care for them at all. Uh, fun fact, 311 was in my top 10 favorite bands when I was like 9 or 10. God damn it. <laughs> the reason why I'm not judging off of any list I made, I'm just judging that based on the fact that I remember on iTunes buying like 15 311 songs 
So like it was them, Outcast, Incubus, Jay Z, and Kanye were basically my top five, I guess, probably back then. Well, and now you like Kanye even more now than you used oh, to. Yeah, why did I mention him? Whoops! I kind of <laughs> almost scared away from it when I mentioned the West thing earlier. And then here we go. Uh, speaking of uh, recent news, Angela Lansbury died recently. What a segue! <laughs> As a result, we are covering the TV show Murder She Wrote, specifically the episode Murder Among Friends, which you might think, wait a second are we just covering it because the word friends is in the title no that is one idea and we might do that in the future with other episodes of tv shows probably when we get bored but we are covering it because the episode parodies friends with their own tv show called buds well that and also this is counter programming um one of our many side things we do which is we talk about a show that aired the same time friends did uh in the last season of murder she wrote they moved the schedule it used to be on Sundays and they moved it to compete directly against friends uh, which made Angela Lansbury very angry because it was the most popular television show and she was like our show is not going to survive Um, and this episode was written because of how angry she was that she had to compete against a show that had like 30 million viewers compared to however many people were watching the 12th season of Murder She Wrote. Yeah I know that's kind of the problem like it's so late I didn't actually realize when I was watching the episode how late in the run it was, but this is like it. Like, this is like when that show ended. It it really shows in this episode, too. Like, I I like Murder, She Wrote. Um, I I wouldn't say I'm like a fan, but I've seen upwards of 10 episodes before I watched this one. You You consider yourself one of the crows, right? What? You consider yourself like, you know, like the fan base is called the crows. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real big, big crow head over here. Yeah, because the crows equal a murder. So you're like... I have a... I have an Angela uh, Lansbury uh, Funko Pop. Uh, <laughs> that'd be that'd be fun, actually. It would yeah. be, like I, I think Funko Pops are really lame, but it would be funny to have a Angela Lansbury one. <laughs> that, would, that, would, that actually would be great. I would yeah. totally buy one if that existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I did not think this was a particularly good episode of Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, do we want to discuss the plot real quick of the episode? Yeah, sure. So basically, I mean, the plot of every episode of Murder, She Wrote, because I actually never seen a full episode of the show before, but I know the gist of it, because it's obviously in the pop culture zeitgeist of people yeah. who follow old TV shows. <laughs> and, um, plot of this episode basically boils down to Angela Lansbury is doing some sort of PBS-style, like, murder film connection docu- like, series on PBS-type vibe like and on the next lot they're filming the show buds so she somehow knows all the cast and hangs out with them when they're not filming and then their uh showrunner gets killed at during the while they're currently trying to cut the budget down for the show and one of the characters supposedly is going to be killed off and she the showrunner is the only one who knew who it was so she gets killed and then they investigate who it is everyone's a suspect the whole thing uh it's a very weirdly uh designed episode i would say yeah i mean the the thing i made note of is it's so it's a it's a standard network drama. So it's 44 minutes without commercials, an hour with. You don't see, no one dies until 26 minutes into this episode. It fucking drags. Yeah, I noted that also. Ridiculous. I feel like most of the murders on the show happen after like the first act, I would assume, wouldn't they? Like, unless yeah. I, I've never seen it. Uh, normally, normally a murder happens a lot sooner. Um, and it, it takes such a long time. And like, they spend so much time in the first, like, you know, 
first 25 minutes setting up like where everyone's motivations might come from. And it's like, oh, there's a lot of different people. And then like when it's revealed who murdered her, I just don't fucking buy it at all. Like it's, <laughs> no, no. it was the dumbest thread that they left. And they're like, uh, it was the, I'm going to say the Rachel. <laughs> Definitely the Rachel of the group. Um, yeah. <laughs> which like it made some sense that she'd be the one that murdered her. But like all of the, like, so basically the, like the reason why Rachel murdered her was because Rachel found out that I'm, I'm just going to call the friends by who they actually are. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Rachel finds out that uh, the showrunner is like behind is trying to stop her from getting a movie deal off the ground with uh, who is the director again? It was like someone Rob Reiner, Rob Reiner, right? Who big in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, so and I love how like they're like, oh, he went with was it Meg Ryan instead? Wasn't yes. it? And it's like, oh, yeah, it was between you and Meg Ryan in the 90s. She was not the obvious first choice and you the TV star on a show for two seasons with the second choice. Uh, <laughs> but um, so like she, I guess, finds that out off screen that she's the one who did it. And that's her motivation to kill her. And I was it did it involve at all that she knew she was the one who's going to be killed off in the script? I don't remember that being a factor in the murder because she was the one who ended up being the one supposedly to bite it. Uh, no, she wasn't. The the writer, the writer replaced the oh, right. script with a scene where she gets killed off in it. Um, I don't remember who was originally supposed to. Oh, it was like the detective's son, I think, was the one who was actually getting killed off. Are you sure? I thought the point of it was they reveal the script. No, 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 no. Because remember, I, there's a there's a whole thing about how the one writer uses camera directions and Ricky, the head writer, doesn't. And that's how they know this. he swapped out the last scene to kill her off. Oh, yes. He's trying to get the movie. That's correct. I forgot about that. There were so many like convoluted plot threads in this episode. It's, that is hard it's, to track. it's exhausting. I uh, I was going to watch it a second time because of how confusing the like all the threads are at the end. But then I was like, no, it's not very good. And I don't want to. <laughs> no, it's not that good of an episode. Like it wasn't very fun. Angela Lansbury was barely in it. Like clearly this is a point in time where she's just like, all right, I'm just doing the show for the money. I don't really give a shit. I don't want my, I'm not going to get any more Golden Globes from this. I'm kind of done. Yeah, I feel like like, so this is episode 16 in the last season. And I wonder if by then they kind of knew that they weren't going to do another season after this. Um, and because it, the, everything about it feels really phoned in, except for the set design, which is oh. uncannily like Central Perk. <laughs> yes, they nailed the set design very well, which honestly, I'm assuming the reason why that happens is because they they make the, the plot of the episode is they film on sets of like TV shows. So they're probably just like, we have like two sets that we just can use to film this. This will be easy. Yeah. And it looks realistic as a result. All the all the actors are dressed very much like how they dress the friends on the show too. And yeah. the theme song sounds oh, like for Buds, the name of the like the fake show, sounds a lot like the Friends theme song. I was like, they put so much effort into being like, this is Friends. We're we're killing someone off on Friends. <laughs> yeah, no, they made it very clear that's what was going on. Um, it, so like it like because yeah, that was the big connection. They made a lot of disses towards Friends throughout the episode where they're like, I can't believe a show about six people just hanging out in like a restaurant or coffee shop. I mean, I guess theirs is a restaurant. It's yeah. so popular. Why would people want to listen to 20 year olds talk about their sexuality? It's just like, I don't know. Do you remember being 20? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a very uh, interesting episode because there's a lot of plot points that they try
try to make like the big like threads where it's like oh the one of the friends dads is like a detective who ends up being the one to investigate the murder and what's going on there and then it turns out oh, not nothing really no it's all fine yeah and one of the cast members is sleeping with the head writer and also nothing to see there they nope. they dangle a lot of red hair there's too many red herrings is the problem because they want to try to be like oh anyone has a motivation which would work if the murder was 15 minutes earlier in the episode so then you could have like a couple more like false arrests and you know like oh you know the, the whole thing is like if you have someone with a motivation and then it just never comes up again it doesn't really matter you know you gotta yeah. do the psych thing where he's wrong three times in every episode oh it's like nice um, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah a little forced but you know trying to get back into the classics here <laughs> so speaking of dropped threads i'm trying to so i'm kind of trying to work the episode out of my mind right now one of the big threads the very beginning is that uh the like there's a private investigator who takes pictures of the showrunner and one of the stars of the show sleeping together and the other showrunner of the show is the husband of and the one who hired the private investigator right but halfway through the episode the private investigator implies hey i cleaned everything up yeah right <laughs> $150,000 or whatever per like year. I get like, a cushy job. I don't have to do anything like some producer job and you pay me money so I don't spill the beans. And it's like, where did that lead? Did that go anywhere? I don't remember that happening. I don't remember us seeing that character again. He he heavily implies that he killed her and then he isn't seen again. <laughs> yeah, like they must have something. I don't know what happened there, but... Like, I, I, they don't even have a scene to wrap that up because we don't see the showrunner again after that, like the one who's still alive. Like, that's yeah. basically it from him. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad. It's just not good. <laughs> no, like, it's so many, so many dangled threads. And it could have been kind of fun. I mean, there's some fun parts in it, like here and there. Yeah. But it is just so, it's a waste of the opportunity sort of to make fun of Friends, which was like the biggest show at the time. Yeah, I did. I did find it. There's a, there's like a, a line in uh, where they're talking about like the ratings and they're like uh, you know like 30 million people watched it and we've talked about this before with friends and like how TV is now but it always blows my mind to hear 90s TV show ratings compared to like you know like 900,000 people watched House of Dragons live or whatever yeah <laughs> I know. 30 million people watched friends it's so weird how different it is now yeah because like back in those days if you had like less than like 15 million viewers you were basically down a rival yeah yeah it's like you, you shouldn't exist yeah now it's like oh if you have that you are guaranteed seven seasons yeah yeah it's crazy that like like because we really lived through the transition of that and just like from like 2009 to like 2015 where there are all these shows that like would struggle to stay on the air and intellectually people like people would be like well we know people are watching it online the day after but only like 1.9 million people watched it live so they're gonna cancel it or move it to tbs or whatever <laughs> right yeah it was it was annoying to have that happen especially the shows that i feel like if they lived in the streaming era they would have definitely survived a lot longer yeah just tough but yeah i mean at least i mean i must say at least we figured everything out but streaming has not been figured out and currently yeah. is in free fall yeah <laughs> everything's bad <laughs> yeah pretty much. would you watch the pbs show that angela lansbury hosts where she like explains horror motifs in films and books i'm like yeah that sounds like a masterpiece classic you know like oh yeah i would totally 
totally watch that. Yeah. I feel like it'd be kind of fun. Um, because I mean, you know, she, I think she was talking about Hitchcock in the that episode. I'm like, yeah, I like to hear you talk about Hitchcock. That'd be that'd be sounds like a good time. Yeah. Uh, do we know if this exists any other episode of the show where she explains horror motifs? Is that like a ongoing plot that season, or is that just like that's nothing else besides this? Episode? I don't know because this is the latest. Like of the few shows I've watched, she's normally like on the East Coast and like you know like a vaguely like uh you know harbor town vibes i feel like yeah looking at like a quick scan of the episodes none of the other episodes seem to have anything to do with this most of them are she goes to ireland she goes to rome she goes to boston she goes to new york to help out a struggling band yeah and all this other stuff there's the plots of this show are really funny so i guess they imply in this episode on a trip to hollywood so does that mean this is like a one-off that she's doing that's I odd i think so yeah because normally it takes okay i just googled it and so normally it takes place in maine which that feels right of my memory of the show um, yeah but she does travel a lot and everyone's like no one's like upset that it's like hey every time you go somewhere someone gets murdered everyone's always very happy to see jessica fletcher that's true um like it's a terrifying experience to have her in your hometown yeah uh, <laughs> i'm looking at some of the plots of the show uh can i read a couple of them off because some of them are pretty funny of course uh when part-time sleuth jessica goes to atlanta to judge a writing competition her hotel room was mistaken for that of an international arms dealer sure as you want to do and it involves a plot where is she, she gets involved in an international plot to steal a biological weapon virus <laughs> After Jessica's short story for children becomes a television puppet show, she must find the fiend who used one of the puppets as a murder weapon. Wow. I don't understand some like they clearly like kind of were just like, fuck it. We don't care this at this point. Yeah. Do you do you think this show was like the first of this? Because this is a this is a USA Network original series ass premise, right? Like uh um uh, someone who writes murder novels actually solving murders based on all of the cliches and motifs in her books like there are there's like a there's like a t like isn't that what like castle is about that wasn't a usa network show but like it's got it's got that same thing of like person who isn't detective solves crimes based on their special skill thing like there's nine million tv shows like that do you think murder she wrote was the first kind of of this style i feel like it's definitely one of the main ones at least because i'm trying to think of ones that aired before that most of the ones that aired before this were typically ones involving some sort of police investigator or detective Yeah, like normally they were just like a PI or an actual cop. Uh, but I, I feel like once they realize that it's like, hey, they could have a different job and then they just sometimes also solve crimes really opened up a new world for TV writers. Oh, yeah, because I basically just meant, oh, now we can now we don't have to deal with like just having every show be about like cops. Now it's here's 20 million jobs that people could have where they're also solving murders. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, this, this show really paved the way for that, I guess, in a way. Yeah, yeah, we would have no we would have no um the rookie the rookie feds castle <laughs> what other nathan fillion shows are there where he plays a cop <laughs> um i guess he's not a cop in drive but we probably wouldn't have drive either for some reason um firefly we wouldn't have that the the tv show drive not the movie oh, drive okay i was like is he in drive <laughs> Ryan Gosling stomps Nathan Fillion's head in in an elevator. <laughs> that would be so. Could you imagine if the guy who played that guy who Ryan Gosling stomps his head in was Nathan Fillion in like a five second cameo? That would be so jarring. <laughs> 
especially if he was like because nathan fillion like i like him but he's a very hammy actor and so like he just like came in and he's like hey what's going on guys and he just beats the shit out of him <laughs> that would be pretty funny because i mean like albert brooks is that movie but he works like really well within like the movies like deal because he's a good actor but like i can't imagine someone of nathan fillion's vibe being in that movie dealing with yeah. that That'd be fantastic like nathan fillion outside of like firefly he sort of always played the same type of guy and even even mal is like this but he really hams it up like like later in his career i feel like you know and so it's just and i, I don't know if he would have be able to do a more grounded performance. I mean, he's in Super, I guess. I don't know if he's grounded in that because I've never seen it. Yeah. But that's a sort of grounded movie in a way. Um, but yeah, for the most part, he's basically just in a bunch of silly movies. Like, I, yeah. there's not really anything he's in that. I guess Waitress. He's probably. I mean, he sort of hams up in Waitress though. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, he's he found his niche, I guess, and he's not going to go anywhere else. Yeah, uh, which is fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, who, yeah, would be that would be very. When Drive Two comes out, they better Nathan Fillion better try to pitch them for a role in that yeah he's gonna play the real hero and the real human being wait is the character's name the hero no drive? the song that plays in drive where it's just like real human being oh right you know that song's about Sully Sullenberger? Oh, I think I maybe you told me this before. I I've, I definitely told you this because I I think about it all the time. I tell anyone uh, whenever Drive comes up, I have to bring up the song and be like, "Hey, that song's <laughs> about Sully Sullenberger, <laughs> the pilot." What if Sully Sullenberger was the guy who was trying to kill Ryan Gosling in that Drive scene, and Ryan Gosling stopped his? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's uh, Tom Hanks playing Sully Sullenberger, who gets That'd his head fun. dumped in by Ryan Gosling. I would love for like Tom Hanks in like one of another movie that Tom Hanks like cameos in, just out of nowhere. He's like, "I'm this guy who I played in another movie," and it's like, they need to get the rights for that from somewhere. And how does that work? If Tom Hanks is in like a Sully two, does like I guess they'd have to get like the rights from whoever made Sully, right? I guess so. What would Sully two be about? <laughs> it would be about uh, Sully's. Didn't he try to like run for mayor or something once? No. Okay. Okay. Here's my pitch. So now he's a boat captain and a bunch of fish go into the boat engine. So now he has to do an emergency land landing. <laughs> That's funny. So in the, is do we are we creating like a murder she wrote universe but with Sully where if you are on a vehicle with Sully then there are going to be animals that get into it. Okay. Okay. Speed 3 starring Sandra Bullock, Keanu Reeves and Sully Sullenberg. I'd watch it. Yeah. Keanu Reeves back for Speed 3. That would be perfect cuz he yeah. was in Speed 2. Patrick was the plane going faster than 40 miles an hour which is not fast enough for a plane to take off <laughs> the plane no the plane the, whatever the whatever the amount of time remember whatever like the actual plane speed is that it goes it needs to go like three times that. so there's just like a plane just going crazy in the air around the world <laughs> yeah wait how fast it's no it's not 40 it's 55 miles an hour right for the bus i haven't seen that movie in a while so i kind of forget what the speed oh yeah it's 50 it has to be above 50 it's 50 okay yeah I love how on the Wikipedia page it says 50 miles per hour, parentheses, 80 kilometers per hour. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Just in case there's someone who's British who reads the Wikipedia page for speed. It's, is is Sandy is Sandy Bowles, is she Canadian? Uh, I believe so. I always assume she is. Okay, so that's that's for her benefit then. No, she's American. She's from Arlington. <laughs> Virginia? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> Hometown hero. Sandy Bees. You know why I think she's Canadian? Because of that Ryan Gosling movie where... <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought she was too. <laughs> me, too. Like, me, me watching the proposal. Is this based on real life? Is this real? Is this like Linda Tarr? <laughs> God, wow, really resentful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm being to- we're being topical on this episode. <laughs> how would you? How do you think uh, Linda Tarr would do solving a murder case? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Neither have I. I don't know what it's about, but I think it's funny that everyone thinks it's a biopic. I love a good movie where everyone assumes it's real. There's a few in the recent years. That, well, I guess Queen's Gambit was the big one. That everyone's like, wow, this is so cool that like this happened. And it's like, no, it didn't. <laughs> I, I remember um, just sort of only tangentially related to this, but like I watched Fargo and in the beginning of Fargo, you know, it has like, you know, this is based on actual events. And I remember having a conversation with my dad about it. I was very young. I don't I don't remember how old I was and just being like, well, they can't lie. And he's like, yeah, yeah, they can. Like, <laughs> And I was, I was just like, no, it really happened. They wouldn't, they can't put that in front of a movie if it's not true. And he's She's like, yeah, they totally can. <laughs> they just did. <laughs> yeah. Step aside, Ricky Gervais. The Coen brothers are the ones who actually invented lying. <laughs> uh, that movie sucks. The Invention Fargo? of Lion. But... Oh, Invention of Lion. Yeah, yeah. No, Fargo is very good. One of my favorite movies of all time. The Invention of Lying sucks ass. I would say it's one of the better Ricky Gervais gets to star in movies for some reason movies out there. there. He had a real run there for a moment of like, it was sort of like, he had like a very um like late 90s um like Jim Carrey run where mm-hmm. all these movies were like, Jim Carrey gets a special power and the movie is about him like like except it was Ricky Gervais and it was like sort of the same deal um but yeah the invention of lying very dumb it's obnoxious and like it's fun in concept and then the third act where it just he invents religion is just like we fucking get it dog <laughs> you're an atheist <laughs> good for you <laughs> Oh, that's I never really I kind of forgot how the third act went on that, but that makes sense knowing Ricky yeah. Gervais. Uh, um, yeah, I've I've not seen that movie in a while. Uh, somehow I don't know how I've missed it in the past twelve years. Um, but yeah, no, it's a shame that uh, not really a shame. It's not. It, it makes sense that he don't he didn't really get that many star roles after those yeah. bad Ghost Town. Yeah, Ghost Town. I guess it was just those two. It felt like he had a longer run of those kinds of movies. Well, he was in all the Night Museum movies. Yeah, yeah, but I thought like so Ghost Town's like like he can talk to ghosts. He's the only one who can talk to ghosts. Invention of Lying is like, he's the only one who can tell a lie. For some reason, I thought there was like two or three more movies of like, Ricky Gervais is the most special person in the entire world. And he's going to teach you liberal cucks a thing or two. Well, in Night of the Museum, he's the only one who can direct museums. guy who watches that at the museum and thinks that Ricky Gervais is the like the main character. It's like, he's just trying to keep the, the lights on. Underappreciated. <laughs> I have never seen, I've only seen like the first one of those. I forget how big his role is, but I gotta assume he's not that big of a role. He's a museum director because the museum director has got to be gone by the time the movie starts, right? Yeah. It, is he in the sequel? It makes no sense if he's in the sequel because they go to a different museum. I think he's in the sequels. Why would he? Why would a New York natural history museum 
museum director get transferred to the Smithsonian? <laughs> Let's see what the reason Just so is. you know, that's what uh, Night the Museum 2 Battle of the Smithsonian is about. It's about the Smithsonian. I think I've actually only seen Night the Museum 2. Because I remember specifically the weird plot where... Oh, um, what, what was the name of that movie? Night the, Night the Museum Battle of the Smithsonian. Night of the Museum... No, you're wrong again. <laughs> Night, Night the Museum Battle of the Smithsonian. Battle of the Smithsonian. You gotta say the whole thing, Dan. That's what I said. Night the Museum Battle of the Smithsonian. No, Night the Museum 2. They don't call it Night the Museum 2 on the poster. They don't? No, it's just Night the Museum Battle of the Smithsonian. They're like, you, they're, they want to like make it an evergreen franchise where you don't have to label it by the numbers because there's going to be oh, so... Yeah. Oh, you're right. Uh, I thought that was the weirdest fucking ending to the movie ever. Spoiler for Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian. But the movie is basically Ben Stiller flirting with Amelia Earhart the whole time. And then at the end, and she's played by Amy Adams. And then at the end, he meets a woman who looks exactly like Amelia Earhart, played by Amy Adams, and then tries to strike up a conversation with her. And that's the yeah. end of the movie. The movie, yeah, really, really upsetting. Also, it's one of like 900 times in Hank Azaria's career where he plays a different race than what he is. Oh, God. He he's a he's King Tut or no no he's 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 whatever he's the mummy that has the special thing that makes everything come alive at the museum. Um, but he is uh, not an Egyptian American. He is I want to say Italian or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, I I think it, well uh, yeah I think in the next one though, Rami Malek to be fair is a mummy. So at least they kind of like you know, got it right the next time when they cast somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or closer to correct. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, is Malik? He, he is? Okay, yeah. I, I didn't know. Um, but I also yeah. thought he was Italian. <laughs> <laughs> he thought my version of closer was, well, at least they cast a younger person who's also <laughs> Italian as, the, as an Egyptian mummy. Well, okay, I just looked it up and Hank Azaria is not Italian. He's Jewish. Okay. Um, But, yeah, no. So, not this Smithsonian bad franchise. Are you Japan? He's a bad actor. Murder she wrote. Back to that. <laughs> um, I so okay. The when the like when I was watching like the first like ten minutes of the show, I kind of felt like a weird vibe that it reminded me of like Twin Peaks for some reason. I don't you know why. Always some... say this. You always say things remind you of Twin Peaks. <laughs> no, but I was vindicated because one of the guys from Twin Peaks is the friend who has the detective dad. Okay. So the reason why it reminded me of Twin Peaks is because I saw that guy wear 90s clothing before. I'm like like 70 percent convinced you've never actually watched twin peaks <laughs> and if you just if there's like creepy music you'll be like damn getting a lot of twin peaks vibes from this <laughs> if a guy drinks coffee you're like fuck dude this is just like twin peaks oh yeah when i watched waitress with nathan villian i was like damn nathan villian is basically twin peaks in this right now this guy ate pie at a diner this is just like twin peaks <laughs> um no but is this this show is basically twin peaks though um <laughs> So it was, you know, it was a, he was, I thought he was one of the better actors of the guy who played the friend that uh, had the dad. I like that. Uh, yeah, I don't remember his character's name. Chandler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, there's like two of the friends who we barely see anything from. Yeah. Um, which was very interesting because I was expecting like the six friends to all be like main suspects, but there's two of them who was just like, no, they just exist. They're not here for anything. They had really nothing for like the, like the Ross and the Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, oh, also I like that the obvious Rachel type they if in, in case it wasn't clear enough that she was supposed to be the Rachel Angela Lansbury at one point is like millions of women have your haircut now which she doesn't have the Rachel haircut she her hair's just up in a bun <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's like that doesn't that doesn't work. <laughs> hey, back then I was very trendy. Yeah. <laughs> I my uh who what was the name of her character? I can't remember her name. I not a clue. I'm not even bother looking up. I was gonna say everyone after this episode decided to wear her style as a haircut. <laughs> she used to planted Rachel, but I doubt it. Yeah. Um so one other thing that I thought was kind of fun, like I could tell that this was clearly a callback when the detective who was assigned this case was talking to Angela Lansbury, he was like, Oh yes. Uh Gabriel uh, Lieutenant Gabriel Carceres recommended that I like he worked with you in a few times. And she's like, Oh yes, I've worked with him quite a bit. And then I was like, This character's gotta be in the show, right? So I looked him up and he's in like four episodes. I was like, So I guess whenever she's in LA, he's the detective she works with apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But they presumably. couldn't have him for this episode, so they just have him name dropped instead. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was interesting that like the first like five minutes is her explaining like TV terms in like that PBS show because I wasn't sure if that was like an ongoing joke where like she explains kind of like what the murder is going to be before it happens. But since she doesn't do that every week, I'm assuming that's not. Does she write her book a lot? Is that part of this or something? I don't think she's I think she's like already published all of her books. I, I don't know. At this okay. point, how many more books has she written? You know, you've been doing this for 12 years. When does she find the time? I, know, I mean, at a certain point, if I were her, I would just be like, I want to just confine myself to one room in my house because everywhere I go there's a murder and I can't deal with that anymore in my life. Yeah. Like how many dead bodies has she seen at this point? She's kind of a sick fuck. Yeah. Well, assuming there's like a murder every episode, 12 seasons, 20 some episodes each season, you know, several hundred at this point. That's fucked up. Yeah. I can't imagine the toll it takes on her. And meanwhile, every episode she has a quirky, happy-go-lucky attitude. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it takes much of a toll on her at all. No. Um. But yeah, it was very funny how like they make it seem like everyone in the world knows who she is which i guess makes sense she's like a famous author but. i think she's supposed to be like a stephen king level like mm. like well i mean you know she doesn't write horror she writes like detective books but i think she is supposed to be like like famous famous yeah i guess that's true um they should um they should have like a stephen king style i guess castle rock is basically this where like um see like a writer goes around and like every everywhere he goes is a new horror like thing that happens every week like i mean you know. every stephen king book is about a terrible things happening to a writer that's a good point but <laughs> he, he loves to clearly insert himself in every story that's why they work so well yeah <laughs> um but yeah so i mean yeah this episode is i mean angela lansbury's fun enough i mean you know i've i i can see why she establishes character as like a big deal i mean i can kind of she feel it already feels kind of pretty lived in this character which makes sense if it's 12 seasons then but she yeah. also feels like she's definitely phoning in around this point yeah um, i do love that she's already, she's like the first ep listed in the credits afterwards like when they do like the executive producer it's her I'm like that's yeah. fun there's not many actors who have that like people usually are either like producers or like co-executive producers or like third producer build but she gets like first one she had a lot of creative control on the show um something that i learned after she died um was that she had like a big thing about hiring older actors to play small roles on the show um because then they would be able to still qualify for like equity uh, health insurance um, yeah which is like that's that's awesome you know because like it's it, it gets harder and harder to get roles so it's harder and harder to maintain your insurance so yeah she would have people come on and play you know like a character and that you know that gets your points and you get you get to get your pension and help um, and so she had like a real like you know really believed in the union but also really looked out for for like older members and stuff yeah that's really cool i like that that's a fun little like thing for her to do oh yeah. for people like it's very nice because i mean yeah yeah it's very it's hard crazy that they show that the premise was like what if a nice old lady solved like 
there's just like this show golden girls it's just crazy like they don't make shows about like old women hanging out anymore you know i mean i guess like grace and frankie but that's like a who gives a shit streaming show you know hot in cleveland were they old in hot betty white Cle- betty white but i thought everyone else was like supposed to be like in their 40s yeah that's true everyone else was like wendy also that show hasn't been on the air for like a decade at this point i imagine yeah i think probably about that <laughs> that's true grace and frankie's trying to keep that going although that show got canceled too i think yeah it's a shame um, i don't know bring it back make make more shows about like funny old women hanging out I'm trying to think of who had cast in that um helen mirren oprah sure <laughs> um <laughs> You could you could almost start casting the uh, the Friends cast. Not quite yet. Wow, yeah, they're, they're in their fifties now, right? Yeah, I guess they might as well just reboot Friends. Yeah, call it like Friends with uh, kids or something. Though at this point, all their all their kids would be like young adults. Reboot reboot Friends, but make it about Ross's son who has a horrible relationship with his parents. <laughs> Your Ross's son still played by the Sprouse twins. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm in then. Yeah. Um, have you seen Angela Lansbury and any other things besides where she wrote? Oh, she's in Beauty and the Beast. So yeah, I've seen, she's the teapot. Yes. And she's also in Anastasia as like the narrator. Oh, okay. Well, and it's really fucked up. I'm actually really pissed off at her for doing this because she continues, she makes this so confusing to me. For years, I would always confuse Fantasia and Anastasia and <laughs> she is in both of them. <laughs> Like, why would she do that to me? Like, now I can't be like, oh, the one with Angela Lansbury. Because both of them have her. Like, I don't yeah. understand why she would do that. Because Anastasia's the one about, like, the Russian, like, princess or whatever. And then Fantasia's the kind of short-filmed, yeah. like... cartoon makes- set to music, right? Yeah. So I watched that every... Like, literally, like, maybe every two weeks in my music class when I was, like, in elementary school, we watched Fantasia, Uh, I want to say. But- oh, shit. She was in The Manchurian Candidate. So I've actually seen a couple things that she's been in. That was the main one I was going to bring up because I watched that during the pandemic. And she's very good in that. Yeah, she's also going to be in the Glass Onion. Yeah, which is kind of fun. That's a nice little like cameo for her to do. Yeah, like a, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, depending on how good the movie is, it's a fitting final role for her. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, she's also in Mary Poppins Returns as Balloon Lady. Which did you ever course, see that? I did. Well, yeah, I'm a huge Mary Poppins fan, so of course I see Mary Poppins Returns. Such a weird thing to be a fan of. <laughs> I don't know why. It just feels like so like like old timey. It's like it, it's like someone who's like, oh man, I fucking love love Betty Boop. It's like, do you? I don't know. I feel like Mary Poppins is more culturally significant than Betty Boop. I would I would strongly disagree with that. Excuse me, I'm continuing. In terms of watchability and like being in like the zeitgeist of people having still seen it. Betty Boop, people know like the image of, but no one watches Betty Boop in anything. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was like, when was the last time you saw an aunt with a denim jacket with a giant Mary Poppins on the back? Never. When was the last time you saw an aunt with a denim jacket with a Betty Boop? probably three times this morning people love wearing betty boop on things um i would love though if someone had if some like aunt somewhere had like a denim jacket and then had mary poppins like with the umbrella on the back of it like that'd be really cool i like, bet that exists it should yeah uh but yeah huge mary poppins fan mary poppins return is not as good yeah. emily blunt does not have it she's not had julie andrews had julie andrews wait she is julie andrews dead no she's still alive i think okay julie andrews should be in the show that we're creating about old women yeah Ju- julie andrews has that dog in her she rules. Yeah, that's right, because she's in all the Aquaman, Aquaman movies. She was in Aquaman the same week that Mary Poppins Returns premiered. <laughs> 
this is so funny to me that like Mary Poppins 2 comes out and they're like oh we got Dick Van Dyke back for a cameo but like Julie Andrews couldn't do it and then that same day like Aquaman comes out and it's like Julie Andrews is in this instead <laughs> Ooh, she's gonna be in Disenchanted which I am looking forward to oh that'd be fun yeah um but yeah should we uh speaking of Disenchanted I was pretty Disenchanted with this episode should we rate yeah. it yeah yeah do you wanna do you have a rating system in mind okay um not really uh <laughs> You can just like, do it out of like five typewriters or something. You know, we don't have to. We don't have to get clever and obnoxious. I was, I was thinking, uh, how many? Not to bring it back to my uh, bad joke from the beginning, but how many crows would you put in this murder? Out of how many? Uh, what's the number of crows? How many crows are in a murder? More than three, right? Isn't that like it takes at least three crows to be in a murder? So it's between two and. <laughs> It's between three and eight crows. <laughs> three and eight crows. How many crows would you give this murder? Uh, I'm gonna give it six. It's fine. I'm gonna give it uh five crows plus one baby crow. <laughs> What's a baby crow called? I don't know. I crows are one of those animals I always like. Don't know. I mean, obviously they have babies, but they're not one of those animals I ever consider to have babies. You know? Yeah. I was crows be like mature oh they're just called chicks chicks okay yeah like like all other birds <laughs> i'm crows and a chick yeah uh okay yeah i'm gonna give it six crows okay it's fine uh <laughs> what have you been wa- you've been watching anything good uh speaking of murder i've watched uh the entire uh united kingdom get murdered twice in the movies 28 days later and 28 weeks later this past week oh okay i thought you were gonna do some weird like liz truss no longer <laughs> the prime minister thing <laughs> and i was just like oh my god <laughs> that would be so obnoxious it's about brexit in it <laughs> speaking of murder uh mexican week on great british bake-off folks <laughs> that avocado come on guys it was really upsetting <laughs> it was very upsetting i cannot believe that happened uh but yeah 20 days later 20 weeks later never seen either of those movies both of them are leaving hbo mass at the end of the month so i was like oh fuck it i might as well watch both of them right now uh so by the time this episode airs they are gone (laughs) (laughs) they fucking rule though i wish they made 28 months i was really hoping they'd make a 28 months and a 28 years every time that like every like three years they'll ask either alex garland the writer who later went on to do ex machina and annihilation or danny boyle if they're gonna keep going and they keep going well we have an idea and that's it (laughs) like they never actually go anywhere else beyond that 28 months is a long time it's you know it's over two years so it is sort of hard to do that much of a time jump i mean slight spoiler for the end 28 weeks but the problem's not solved so right right yeah it shows them going into paris um yes uh, so you could argue there's a possibility they can make it work. Because yeah. uh, I remember like 28 days later, like 28 months later, the premise of that kind of like almost made it like, oh, 20 days later kind of doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah. So which is kind of funny. So 28 years, 28 months and 28 years, they could easily kind of make those work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I like both movies a lot. I think 28 days, I liked a lot more. That movie, like I watched, it, I was like, oh, like if I watched this movie like in like 2007, this 
movie would be like one of my favorite movies of all time, probably. Just because yeah. I would have like assumed it was so revolutionary the way it was done for such a it's small very good. It's like the first time you get like fast zombies too, I think. Yeah, very, very good movie. And based on the budget it was made for, it's ridiculous how good it looks still. Yeah. Uh, 28 weeks later, not as good. Very weird how good the cast is though, considering that most of actors from it like later go on to be way bigger. Because it has like Jeremy Renner, Rose Byrne, Idris Elba. And it's kind of like, oh, but, like Idris Elba's barely in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And that's not a spoiler. He just isn't in the movie. He's not a main character. Yeah. It's still pretty good though. I like 28 Weeks. The helicopter scene is extremely badass. Yeah, that's dope. Oh yeah, and that yeah, the guy from Lost is in the helicopter scene. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, I like the opening of 28 Weeks Later a lot. Like that was I don't remember the opening scene, but the opening scene where they show like the initial like before the 28 Weeks Later happens, yeah. uh, like when they're in the house. That was cool as hell. Like that was such a good scene. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no, I great movies. I like both of them a lot. Uh, definitely with like a I want some more in the later verse so yeah I if they're available on a stream platform in November I recommend watching both of those um, what about you have you seen anything good recently yes uh, I watched um, the it's only eight episodes but I watched the entirety of the resort on Peacock uh, which is it's very good it's got a great cast um, full of people Ant-Man 3 star William Jackson Harper yeah it's got uh, uh, the, the mother from How I Met Your Mother other, uh, Kristen Milani, William Jackson Harper, uh, Skylar Gisano. Um, oh, wow. Really good. It's got, it's like, you know, it's like a mystery. Um, you know, in, in 2007, two uh, like 20 year old um, people who are at the resort disappear and then a hurricane comes in and like wipes away all the evidence. And then in like the current day, um, Kristen Milani finds one of the kids who disappeared, like cell phone and starts like putting uh, the clues together. And there's sort of like a little, it's like slightly like mystical like, like there's like a element of like magic to it but it's not like it what it what it's like is have you ever seen that show lodge 49 yeah yeah it, it has very lodge 49 vibes to it um, okay which i love lodge 49 i fucking love i think it's a really like it i i really love that show when it was on and i rewatch it occasionally and this one has like very similar vibes of like it's like because like lodge 49 they never straight up say that there's like magic afoot but there is like sort of like it like hints at it and like divine things do happen in the show and this one it's a little less subtle but it is still like that same thing of just like well it could be coincidence or it could be like the spirituality of the world or whatever yeah so huge recommend great cast really good chemistry uh among the cast and just sort of like an interesting an interesting show that's like you know uh like the the themes about it are like are you just your memories or are you more than what you can remember about your life stuff it's cool hmm. yeah, that sounds pretty interesting yeah. the idea of a show that has kind of like a spiritual vibe you know what that reminds me of uh twin peaks <laughs> fuck you <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right that's been our episode on murder she wrote murder among friends uh <laughs> join us next week when we discuss something else all right see you daniel bye with friends like you who needs friends yeah.